This podcast is a proud member of the Let's Chat Club. Find out how you can become a member by going to the website letschatpodcast.net. This podcast may contain adult language, adult situations, spoilers, and some brief nudity, so parental guidance is suggested. We have such sights to show you. After about five minutes of this movie, you're going to wish you had ten beers. I'm such. And? And there are many gifts in the world and many toms as well. But I am Sancho. Human sacrifice, dogs and cats living together, mass hysteria. Listen, Walter. I made a great reporter out of you, Hildy, but you won't be half as good on any other paper and you know it. We're a team. That's what we are. You need me and I need you. And the paper needs all of America. So, what would you little maniacs like to do first? Hi, I'm Jackie. Wanna play? Oh, well. <laughs> la di da, la di da, la la, yeah. Welcome back to the Cinema Recall Podcast. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to yet another episode of the Cinema Recall Podcast. I'm your host, The Vern, and I'm so excited because we are bringing back on with me fresh new blood to the show, and I'm very honored, very happy. To bring with me right now, uh, and I hope I hope I'm pronouncing the name correctly. Uh, Kati. Kiati. Kiati. See, I knew yes. I could mess this up here. <laughs> it's I, fine. It's fine. Kiati. I wasn't pretty sure the Y was silent or not, or. Yeah, it's the H that's silent. It's the Y that you pronounce. So people do get confused with it. It's quite a confusing name. Uh, <laughs> uh, but I'm glad you tried. I'm glad you tried. I just figured I'd try to give a shout right there. But Kiati, welcome to the show. Thank they, you so much for having me. This is so exciting and cool. Um, yes. Kiati is one of the hosts of the Film Fluence podcast, mm-hmm. along with their best friend, cinema sister, Cody. <laughs> yes. Uh, h- how did you two meet? Well, we have a whole episode on this, actually. You... So we met. <laughs> um, it was one of our industry episodes that we did a few like it was a while ago now okay. um, so we met on this thing called BFI Film Academy which is basically like you just make a short film within like a few days um, and so we met on the first day of that and we kind of just hit it off instantly because we realised that we've grown up in the same place and that we have a lot of the same like mutual friends um, so that was really fun actually <laughs> I basically just divulged her into my inner life details and her doing the same to me <laughs> oh that is so cool and you two started up a podcast together uh called mm-hmm. uh film fluence um can you tell our listeners just a little bit more about what film fluence is all about oh so film fluence is basically chaotic with a k because we're Kiati and cody how could we have it any differently That's <laughs> um, <laughs> we're a bit crazy we're a bit chaotic we're a bit insane but we're fun nevertheless <laughs> we've been told we're entertaining by most of the people who listen to us and we basically just kind of just head back in time sometimes and we come straight back to the future and we discuss a lot of different things about the entertainment industry so like television shows films platforms and franchises and stars all your favorite things and sometimes your least favorite things just to question how they got to be where they are it's basically all about the influence of film that it's had on our lives your lives um just overall really and so it's just a cute fun time so we do it every single week every single friday so come and join us on there yeah, it's a lot of fun. I've been listening a little bit to your episodes on Emma Roberts. 
that you Ooh. did. Um, I also listened to the one you did on uh, the Truman Show. One of the first episodes I listened to was all about uh, horror films that oh, you yes. did with the uh, show, the Pod podcast that would die. Yeah. All about the Scream movie. Mm-hmm. The whole Scream yeah. franchise was actually yeah, really good. Films. Oh, thank you so much. That thank was, you. I really appreciate that. That was uh, quite fun there, too. And yeah, I kind of agree with the whole like uh, Scream movies because I really love the first one. The second mm-hmm. one was okay. Mm-hmm. And then as they go on, they got kind of worse. I had no interest in yeah. seeing <laughs> the Scream TV series and hearing them making a fifth one. Um, yeah, it's crazy. I think they're gonna make a sixth afterwards. I'm not sure, probably. but I, I've heard it's in the works. I've heard yeah. it's in the works. Yeah. Very, um, very cool. Uh, tell uh, listeners where we can find you online if they want to check this out. We're basically on any streaming service available everywhere, pretty much, and we're on Instagram and Twitter, and we have a TikTok as well. Um, we are uploading to YouTube this week, so that's Ooh. fun. Um, yeah, we've got a fun, exciting little thing coming up, and I'm thinking where else you can find us. We have a Facebook page, but I'm not sure how to use Facebook because I've never used it, so... All right. <laughs> um... Well, I will post tags in our show description about where we can find... We ha- yeah, we've got a link tree, so we can just send that across to you, and you can just put it in the description. Okay, well, that's perfect. Very cool indeed. Um, I When you told me about, you know, how you met Cody... Um, have you ever seen the movie Ginger Snaps? No, I actually haven't. Okay. Well, What's it the, about? It's a, it's a movie about two sisters. Okay. And one of them be, starts to become a werewolf. <laughs> but no one believes that she, she's become a werewolf. She just thinks that she's just going through uh, puberty. That it's, sounds really funny. It's, 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 it's a really good movie, but, uh, the two actors, um... They auditioned for this movie, and they got this role, and when they got the role, uh, they realized from talking that they went to the same school, and then they oh. grew up together, but they never really knew each other until oh, they started making so this odd. movie. That's so bizarre, but I'm saying that, but that's literally what happened to me and Cody. So. <laughs> yeah, so it's all about, like, you know, friends that kind of became, like, siblings, and the movie's about sisters, yeah. so yeah, it's a horror movie. Uh, it's really good. I think you can find it basically everywhere. But yeah. Yeah, I'll G- try and find that one. Ginger Snaps. All right. Uh, <laughs> Me and Cody can react to it together. <laughs> oh, oh, that would be cool. But we're not here to talk about Ginger Snaps. Uh, no. If you want to hear my thoughts on Ginger Snaps, check out the Lambcast movie of the month. I believe it was for July uh, when I covered Ginger Snaps. And that episode, you can find that on our website, cinemarecall.net. But here, we're going to talk about Clueless. A different mm-hmm. type of... One of my favorite films. <laughs> a different type of teen movie. Uh, this one's written and directed by Amy Heckerlin, uh, starring Alicia Silverstone, Dan Hidea, Brittany Murphy. Yes, Brittany Murphy. The late, great Brittany Murphy. Many others. Stacy Dash. Stacy Dash. She's the governor of California, if I'm correct. Is she now? I, I, I know that she's like a Republican. Yes, I've heard that. So, but let me get into your thoughts about Clueless. Now, Ooh, I'm every, excited for this. Everyone should know about what Clueless is about. It's about uh, this teenager named Cher who grew up in uh, Beverly Hills, very well off. 
and uh, she starts trying to set people up. What is it about this movie that really spoke to you? Ooh, I wish I had an answer for that, to be honest. I don't think I have a clear-cut answer. What, um... <laughs> what do you, you like most and... about this? What is it about this movie like? Shall I be honest? Yeah. Everything. <laughs> Everything. I think from the comedy to Alicia Silverstone's acting to Brittany Murphy's chemistry with her, um, you know, all the way to Amy Heckling's directing, all the way to the costume. So, like, every single aspect of this movie, apart from, I think, strangely enough, the romance aspect, I'm, like, I don't know. This is really one of my favourite films ever. I think... And I've seen actually many different adaptations of it because, as we know, it's based on the book by Jane Austen called Emma. Yes. Yes. I totally forgot about that. Uh, <laughs> and I've seen, like, uh, both the Gwyneth Paltrow Emma as well as the Anya Taylor-Joy. Anya Taylor-Joy. Yeah, and, that one came out pretty recently, yeah. didn't it? Like, 2020, maybe. Yeah, March 2020, I think it came out. And, like, you know, and I, I watched them, and yet I still think that clueless mm-hmm. tells the story better yes definitely so i also have watched basically there's a bollywood adaptation as well is there um yeah of clueless. oh fun and i grew up on it as well and so th- I, that was already one of my favorite films and so when i watched clueless after that it really put things into perspective for me between the similarities because there are quite a lot of differences, but there are a lot of similarities as well. Um, and so this quickly, naturally, instinctually became one of my favorite films. I mean, one of my go-to films, comfort films, um, if you have it. And so I think there was just a lot of things. And it was the first time Alicia Silverstone actually like went away from kind of drama pieces because I think she was in The Crush before this and she was looking to get into comedy. And so she got sent this script and she went straight into it. And I think they couldn't have cast anyone better. I think she portrays Cher so perfectly. That kind of Beverly, like Beverly Hills bimbo who's not really a bimbo. And, you know, because she is quite smart. Like, you know, she gets her C to an A just by arguing and bargaining. <laughs> yeah. I think that's amazing. And, you know, I, I think that trend for me even continues forth with my love for Blair Waldorf from Gossip Girl, because I, I see a lot of similarities between the two being very schemy, but really just having good intentions underneath everything. Um, I don't think there's any point at which a character like Cher is doing anything malicious. I think it's just her pure intentions are very vain and shallow and Mm -hmm. as the movie goes along she gets to kind of know herself and get back in touch with herself and really figure out who she is because i think being 16 as well is such a hard age to be at you don't really know what you're doing in the world and you're just you just are kind of figuring yourself out but you also at the same time are kind of escaping from your kind of childlikeness but you also think you're an adult but you're not really an adult so that's really interesting to see how it all pans out for her. Very much so, yeah, because you're absolutely correct. Because at the start of the movie, she has this air of confidence around her, especially when she's talking about her friends. Her dad, mm-hmm. played wonderfully by uh, Dan Hedaya, and I love the fact when she says at the beginning is that uh, Daddy yells at everyone for a lot of money, but he yells at me for free because I'm his daughter. Yeah, oh. yeah. 
uh, which I thought his role was great in this. I totally forgot to mention Paul Rudd as her uh, stepbrother, Josh. Of course, of course. And that the... was the one aspect I didn't like of the film, actually. <laughs> oh, <laughs> okay. Yeah. Well, well, yeah, um, well that, that's kind of like fascinating, too, because, I mean, in, in this movie, Cher's father uh, had, you know, a relationship with another woman, and mm-hmm. they had, you know, Josh, but then they got divorced. Um, so it wasn't actually Cher's mom, all right? Let's be clear about this. This was not yeah, yeah. her actual brother. Uh, her dad remarried to a different woman. Uh, they had a ex-step kid. Stepbrother. Yeah, at stepbrother. You know, they're no longer stepbrothers at all. Uh, still a little bit weird, uh, mm-hmm. but it's uh, I, 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 there's like I guess a moral high ground. You gotta choose what you think is odd or not. But let's be clear, they're not actually brothers and sister anymore stepbrothers and sisters anymore um yeah but then again they are both very good looking people yes definitely and maybe sometimes good looking people have different rules than everyone else i don't know all right but i mean i hope it's not like that no we don't very different I mean, if I had a sister as, you know, to look at Alicia Silverstone and uh, we were no longer stepbrothers or sisters anymore and, you know, she started coming on to me, I, I don't know. I, I, don't, I don't know. It's just different things in my head. I'd have to just question where I'm going with this because <laughs> I, I knew Alicia Silverstone mainly from, like, the Aerosmith videos. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's growing what she up there. Uh, Then she has been in a few other movies like The Hideaway with Jeff Goldblum and, of course, you mentioned mm-hmm. Crush. Uh, yeah, Clueless has become, like, her main <laughs> statement role. Uh, yes. I know afterwards she's done, like, other movies, like... At she the... was in The Diary of a Wimpy Kid. Yeah, he, she, yes, yes. And she was also in The Killing of a Sacred Deer not too long ago. I don't think I've ago. watched that. Uh, the other movie by Yarkos Lanthimos, the guy who did, like, Dark Tooth and The Favorite. Yeah, I don't think I've watched that. I Because I think the last thing I really did see her in was probably... Diary for Wimpy Kid because it was just so weird to me that she's gone from this teen icon to being a mum on screen and she recently opened her TikTok account up so that was really interesting. Well, that's right, that's right. But yeah, uh, so we're gonna get now into uh, your favorite moment about Clueless. Mm-hmm. I want to say too that I own this movie. Uh, I watched many times. There's one quick thing I want to say about this movie is that this world of Beverly Hill High. Is kind of a world I want to live in, very much like Scott Pilgrim versus the world. <laughs> Everything's like all very kind of like bright and colorful, and I, I like the I, I like the era that the school where the kids have like a little bit more authority over the teachers. Teachers, and they kind of have like their own rules of like fashion. It seems like it's the students who are the main focus of the schools more than the teachers are. The teachers are just showing up there. And sort of like responding, responding to the kids. I don't know. It just seems that way. I think it's really funny actually that you mentioned that because you're right. Um, I think it's kind of like a portrayal of private school kids. Um, yeah. Just very generally because that's a very big stereotype about them. You know, you hear these stories about specifically Beverly Hills High, but also back to my reference to Gossip Girl because I do think Gossip Girl did have some kind of influence from you know clueless because again so iconic so the the guy who played the teacher because obviously the teacher was the catalyst for all of this film happening right mm-hmm. um i don't remember his name 
and I feel really bad about that. Uh, uh, Wallace Shawn. Yes, yes. So he is also Blair's stepdad in Gossip Girl. Oh. So just seeing that carry over is really funny because he plays like a completely different character. He's more like cheery and very upbeat in Gossip Girl, and so he's the complete opposite of what Blair expects. Yeah. Whereas in this film, he's quite grumpy and moody, and you know they're like well, he's on the search for love. But um, it's just really funny to see how both times he kind of works as this kind of catalyst for the girls to find themselves and like mm. their inner kind of goodness and realize who they actually are. Yeah, very much I so. That's really cool. That is, yeah. that is very cool. Also, the fact too that in '95. Uh, they introduce a character who is homosexual um, mm-hmm. uh, by the uh, character of Christian, this guy's <laughs> name, Justin Walker, and he becomes like sort of like the infatuation of Cher. Cher is like really attractive mm-hmm. to this person. Uh, he she invites him over for like a date, and she's trying to put all the moves on him, and he's not responsive. So in her mind, she's thinking, "What is wrong with me? What am I just? What am I doing wrong here?" And it turns mm-hmm. out he's gay, and he just has yeah. no interest. But it never looks down on the character. I mean, one mm-hmm. of the characters in the movie says derogatory things to him, but that's the character. I never feel like the movie does that. The movie never yeah, looks down yeah. on him. So yeah, what, I think he was an icon as well, to be honest. Yeah, and, and I'm just saying for even a movie back then in the like you know the mid '90s, yeah, to have that happen, it's kind of a it's like, quite a big deal. It was a big deal, so very yeah. much so. Now, uh, Alicia Silverstone would team up again with director Amy Heckerlin mm-hmm. for another movie called Vamps. I think I've heard of that actually. Strangely with, enough, with the, her and Kristen Ritter from Jessica Jones, where they play vampires. I think I think I might have watched this. It's it's okay. It's not great. People are thinking that it's gonna be like a clueless for like vampires. Mm-hmm. And it's but so, it obviously wasn't. It so could have been. Yeah, you know, I have the same British director, Alicia Silverstone coming back. You know, yeah, they're both like teenage vampires. This could have been like so that movie, but it just wasn't. Yeah. I, I consider Vamps to be kind of uh, almost like a spiritual s- sequel to Clueless mm-hmm. in a way, but not like any good way. But yeah. I did watch this. I have watched this. But, yeah. I, are your thoughts... Do you like this movie? I I should. I feel like I should watch it again, but... I feel like I watched it when I was a child. Okay. <laughs> I really don't remember. Um, because I... Like, the only reason I actually even recognize it is because of the cover art. Yeah. Like... That's the only reason I recognize it. So I probably have it somewhere in the back of my mind. Um, but I don't actually remember her performance. And I don't even think I realized it was Alicia Silverstone. Because I remember seeing Kristen Ritter in it. And that yeah. was kind of more significant to me. Because I think Kristen Ritter is basically everywhere you go. Like you can't escape her. <laughs> like, and really why, why would you want to escape her? I would yeah, totally be yeah. fine if she's wrong yeah. everywhere. That's to totally... be honest, yeah, I think she's amazing. She she had a cameo in Gossip Girl as well. See, there's so many like similarities between the two. I, I, I had no idea that uh, Gossip Girl was so much like clueless. Uh, yeah, I, I, I didn't even realize that until this conversation, actually. <laughs> Very cool. Well, uh, 
we're going to get into your moments, uh, but I want to play just a quick little trailer of Clueless. So here we go. Mr. Hall was way harsh. He gave me a C minus. <laughs> well, he gave me a C, which drags down my entire average. Hello? There was a stop sign. I totally paused. You tried driving in platforms. Oh, should I write them a note? Ew, get off of me. Ah, as if. Cher's got attitude about high school boys. It's a personal choice every woman has got to make for themselves. Cher is saving herself for Luke Perry. Cher, you're a virgin? I mean, I'm not prude. I'm just highly selective. I mean, you see how picky I am about my shoes, and they only go on my feet. Nice stems. Thanks. All right, Kiati, the moment that you have chosen of Clueless is the moment where both Cher, played by Alicia Silverstone, Mm-hmm. And uh, Ty, played by Brittany Murphy, uh, have a little argument. This is the moment of the movie where uh, everything seems to be going wrong for Cher. I mean, she mm-hmm. uh, failed her driver test, and uh, she her relationship with Christian didn't go the way that she wanted it to. Uh, she's been kind of like hanging out with her stepbrother Josh, uh, played by Paul Rudd, and. You know, starts to, like, you know, she first of all sees him as, like, this, like, college dork who listens to all this, like, lame, whiny music. I love the fact, too, that uh, when uh, they first introduce him, they're playing Radiohead. And I, I find it to be, and I, and I love Radiohead, too, but, you know, just having that comment about college students and their music, I thought was really kind of funny. Uh, but, yeah, she's starting to have, you know, sort of, like, this friendship with Josh, and then uh, Ty comes in. And she expresses her feelings for Josh, and it kind of waits something up at her. And I'm just kind of curious, uh, why is this scene so important for you? I think it's literally the line, you're a virgin who can't drive. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, I think the screenwriting was really, really intelligent. I think it was really clever. It was comedic in a way that even her pain could be kind of taken in by the audience as comedy but Mm. you also feel bad for her at the same time so it was really like a play on words i would say and just kind of that raw emotion where she's going through so much and this kind of makes her realize a lot about the mistakes that she's made because even towards the end of the scene she goes I don't know what I've done. I've created a monster and it makes her realize her shallowness and how vain she has been throughout this time. Um, that she was treating people not as people, but as projects, which was wrong of her. Yeah. Because also, uh, also too, you can hear my cat in the background. Maybe I apologize. For, <laughs> that's my cat just saying comments there. You know, he's, he's going to do that. He just likes to talk, but here's a great thing too, about this sequence because early in the movie, uh, we should mention that Brittany Murphy's character of Ty, uh, she is this lady who just came to school for the first time and she desperately wants to be light and have friends. Uh, she's mm-hmm. kind of like the stoner chick and both uh, Cher and um, uh, Dion, Dion, thank you. They're just trying to mold her, and she really, uh, Ty really likes this one guy, played by Brooklyn Meyer, who is a skateboardist, 
And both of them are like, no, 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 you don't want to go over this guy. Let's set you up with our, our other friend, Eldin. <laughs> and they try and go to this party with Eldin. And, you know, she really likes Eldin, but Eldin has the more hots for Cher. And so they're just trying to get her to be this way. And the fact that even Ty starts to buy into, you know, their sort of, like, manipulation. And even when the skateboarder guy played by Brickenmeyer, he tries to, like, um, be friends with her. Ty's like, no, you're not who my friends tell me to like. Uh, yeah, yeah. And so the scene where Ty, you know, admits her feelings for Josh, this uh, sets something off in Cher because she is realizing that she's starting to like him a little bit more. Uh, but also the fact that she lights her best friend Ty and doesn't want to see her upset, but at the same time just knows that this isn't going to be the right thing and she starts to see the bad things that she's done. There's a lot of, like, definitely a lot of uh, emotional things that are happening to our lead character in this scene. I thought it would be really quite good. Yeah, and I, th- I think also what's different about this scene is that because Ty basically becomes what Cher used to be, and Cher didn't realize that she was that mean. <laughs> like, yeah. She somewhere, it just kind of escaped her because she thought because of her privilege, like, everything was okay in her life, and she was living in this kind of blissful oblivion. Mm-hmm. Um and then when that kind of bubble bursts, it's like she's forced to reconcile with reality and that she's not going to forever be protected by like her wealth or her father or her status. And because she's lost her status. Um, and I think that's one of the hardest things to do when you are a teenage girl. You're going through a lot of like emotions. Your hormones are kind of changing. And it's even funny. She says that one line to um, Ty at the beginning of the film when she's like, as someone who's older than you, because she asked Ty when her birthday is, and Ty's like, oh, my birthday's in June. She's like, well, my birthday's in April. So as someone who's older than you, <laughs> um, I think you should listen to what I'm saying, basically. Um, and I think just kind of understanding that's not how it works. It's yeah. just really nice to see her kind of transform and become more mature and a bit more like Josh I would say not entirely like him because I mean then what would the film really come to (laughs) if there wasn't that spark that Cher had um yeah but overall I think just kind of the scenes leading up to this even because Ty was obviously nearly she nearly fell off the railing in the mall so just small little scenes like that that have kind of led up to this moment to make her realize that she cares about her friends so much that she should actually kind of be cautious of what she says it's really heartwarming i totally i totally agree with that uh very very kind of heartwarming scene in the midst of this whole like argument mm-hmm. that they're both having just because it's more of like a realization as you mentioned before for share, uh, knowing what she has done to Ty, and then I guess also too knowing for share that another woman lights this guy, sort of like wakes something up in her a little bit. Not so much a realization that she has later on about Josh, but she starts to feel like a little bit jealous of the situation mm-hmm. more than mm-hmm. probably uh, you know any other 
guy before, and I found it to be just kind of a nice little, it's a comedic, dramatic moment, and that's like a hard yeah. balance to find in movies. Of course, yeah, definitely. I, I completely agree with you on that one. Because too many times in movies, especially comedic movies, there's always that moment where there's a little bit of dramatic. It, it's what I call the catalyst from the second to the third act. There's always to be yeah. that little conflict. And a lot of times in comedic movies, when this happens, it's just way out of left field. And it like just comes out of nowhere. Yeah, it just feels very out of place. And I feel like that can quickly ch- like turn the movie from something that you're really enjoying to something very cringy. And you kind of just want to turn it off after that. Yeah. Um, so you're completely right when you say that it's hard to strike that perfect balance. And, and some of them are kind of like lazy how they do it. I'm thinking mm-hmm. of like Anchorman and the whole mm-hmm. like, you know, throwing the dog off the ledge right there, which is both, I mean, it can be kind of funny too, uh, but I feel like that texture of that movie, it just comes out of nowhere. It's both uh, sad and dramatic uh, sad and comedic moment but i think that clueless just balances that thing perfectly. yeah it's, it's hard to describe it's like a feeling you get when you watch it and every time i do watch it you get these other feelings going on inside you yeah it's mm-hmm. yeah it's good no i do think though that there's something like as to what you mentioned with clueless i think it relied a lot on the screenwriting and mm-hmm. obviously alicia's performance but i think when you were talking about anchorman those type of films rely a lot on the actor, just like because Will Ferrell, Will Ferrell, Ferrell? yeah, Will um, Ferrell, yeah, right, yeah. So he's um because he's known in the comedy genre, like Steve Carell or you know all of these big comedy actors. So production tends to rely on them a lot more to carry the storyline across, whereas this one I think was a perfect kind of mixture between the direction, between the acting, between the screenwriting, and so if you amalgamate all of that together, it kind of just really pulls the audience member in, whereas I think a lot of those kind of raunchy comedies just purely rely on the actor itself, which therefore defeats the purpose of it overall. Yeah, you're absolutely right because we're seeing that actor and less the character in that movie. Yeah. We're not seeing a full fleshed out character. Um, mm-hmm. I think mm-hmm. that Cher in Clueless, Alicia Silverstone made this an actual real person. And mm-hmm. at the beginning of the movie, yeah, she's very vapid. She's very shallow. Uh, very much like a late 80s valley girl stereotype yes. that we've seen in countless other movies. And in most other movies, she would be a side character. You know, we would mm-hmm. go to her for, like, a villain. joke. Yeah, like, quick little visual gate. Uh, but then as the movie progresses and we see more about her, and I think this is the scene where we see her kind of go from that, you know, vapid, shallow valley girl um, who's all about, like, fashion and everything like that. We kind of see her transcend into this real woman with real feelings about mm-hmm. her. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Yeah. I think that even changes, like, when we see her kind of chemistry and change with Miss, Mrs. Mrs. Geist? Miss Geist? Yeah. Because um, first it's all about her appearance. Oh, she's got runs through her stockings or she's got lipstick on her teeth. But by the end of the film, it's like, oh, Miss Geist is an actual person. I really like her and I'm glad that she's making me donate to charity. So you just kind of do see that kind of difference between 
exterior versus interior and interior becomes a lot more important by the end of the film and i think this is one of the first films to really search into the soul of the teenage girl rather than demonize femininity mm-hmm. like um i do think that does come from amy heckling being the director and the producer because she's a woman at the end of the day she's going to understand that so this is very much in the female gaze as in comparison to the male gaze which most teenage girls are written in within hollywood um so i think this is why this film stands out so much because even 10 things i hate about you is my favorite film in this whole entire world Uh um i absolutely love cat stratford but a lot of people don't and i do think it's because number one she was directed in the male gaze but also number two because a lot of people don't tend to see her within the within the female gaze because it's a rom-com um and so her kind of angsty bitchy character gets very overlooked and it turns into her kind of demonizing femininity even though i don't think that was the point of the film oh yeah very very much so yeah, uh, oh, I, you bring up there, uh, cat, I'm so sorry, folks, here, my cat is just really just, like, wants to say his things about Clueless, um, <laughs> see, cat and cat, it's perfect, cat and cat, that's right, see, cat, <laughs> yes, we have something to say, uh, but, you know, I do agree that, you know, certain movies actually do try to, like, uh, uh, you know, demonize teenagers, and I'm sorry my my thoughts are like over the place right now because I'm trying to deal with my cat, and I'm trying. Oh, cat, that's fine. Cat, I don't know what you want. You have your food. Come here. What's your cat's name? Sunshine. Oh, that's so cute. Sunshine, I can put the cat. Well, then if you want me to beat by you, see this cat. Like, oh, I swear this cat just needs. All right, cat, you just got to deal with things here. Hold on one second, <laughs> folks. Cat, you gotta go. Get out. Get out. Get out. Get out. Get out. Sorry, because I can't. Ah, sorry. Ah. Oh, it's absolutely fine. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, but I do agree with you, too, that, you know, movies kind of do sort of, like, you know, demonize the teen experience or, like, they kind of, like, over-sexualize it as well, too. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But, and this movie doesn't do that. Um, yeah. yeah, yeah. I, I found it to be yeah. just kind of uh, a fresh to have a teen movie that is actually kind of for teens and this comes yeah. way before the whole like uh raunchy teen films like american pie and how everything had to be the whole sort of like gross out humor um oh, not another teen movie that was odd yeah you know it, it's funny too that not another teen movie i don't think that references clueless no it doesn't it does reference uh she's all that though it does do that yep and like the breakfast club and many other mm-hmm. movies, but I, I think that Clueless is kind of in its own vein. It's a movie about teenagers, mm-hmm. but I never consider it to be, like, a, a teen, teen movie. Which is weird, too, because, I mean, it, it was, like, advertised on MTV a whole bunch of times, and mm-hmm. I, I'm sure it came out when I was a teenager. Uh, it but, came out before I was born. <laughs> yes, yes, actually, you know. Uh, and, but still, looking back at it now, so many years later... Uh, you these it's a movie about teenagers, but the whole vibe and tone of the film just never feels like a teen movie. Yeah, it's it's I I know people are gonna be like, what the hell are you talking about, Vern? This is totally a teen movie. What the hell are you talking about? Uh, I don't necessarily feel that way. I think it's more like 
it's not I wouldn't even see it as a coming of age movie. I just see it as more of like a morality type of movie. Oh, I like that. That is good. Morality type of movie. Yeah. <laughs> see, I was trying to go in the more of the vein like, you know, kind of coming of age and stuff like that. Like, well no, she's she's always had these sort of things inside, but maybe she's never really went to express them before or see mm-hmm. them. Yeah. Oh, that's a good point. Um <laughs> All right, well, we're getting to the point of our show right now where we talked about the scene already. We're going to actually perform the scene. One good thing that I found out about this movie before we begin our scene, Clueless was shot by Bill Pope. Now, if you don't know the name Bill Pope, Bill Pope uh, did the Matrix series. Oh, wow. He was a cinematographer for there, and he also did... The uh, cinematography for like uh, you know Baby Driver and Spider Man Two, and this is one oh, of his amazing. like earlier features that he shot, and it's always kind of cool to see cinematographers and you know how they uh, improved their uh, what do you call it here their their skills. Craft. their skills. Thank you, the skills are craft. So that was I thought that was kind of cool. Um, I do know that the lady who does play uh, Mrs. Geist. I know that she was very, uh, I think she's like one of the producer partners in this as well. Yes. Oh, I didn't know that either. Tweet wow, Kaplan. thank you for telling me. Yeah, Tweet Kaplan is her name. She's one of the associate producers, and both her and Amy Heckerlin are the ones that helped develop this movie and trying to uh, adapt Emma, which is the 17th century novel by Jane Austen, having to actually adapt this posh, very much... Uh, What's that? Joel Brigadoon? Is that the name? The very like posh. Bridgerton. Oh. Oh, okay, yeah. Yeah, I think it's like it was because this was like towards the Victorian time, if I'm correct. Victorian times, thank you. Yes. Yeah, so just having to like adapt that kind of story into a modern setting is not an easy task. No, definitely not. I think it was amazingly done. So, kudos to her, Amy Herculin, and also everyone involved. Mm-hmm. And making this movie. Uh, but yeah, we're going to get into us acting. I'm very excited for this. This is actually something I've never done before. So like, I do it by myself all the time. Oh, sure. Okay. But, <laughs> <laughs> but doing it with someone else, I'm nervous, but I'm excited. All right. Well, uh, we're going to take a quick break. And then we're going to perform the scene where Sharon and Ty fight. So stay tuned. After these messages, we'll be right back. Have time for another podcast and enjoy listening to two idiots discussing films? Then look no further. We are Movie Drone Podcast, two mates sitting down to discuss new releases, nostalgic films and anything and everything in between. He's Steve. And he's Mark. Together we answer listener questions and set each other homework, giving each other a film to watch that the other hasn't seen in the hope of unearthing hidden gems. You can download us on iTunes, Podbean, as well as Google search us to find us on loads of different platforms. Or email moviedronepodcast at hotmail.com. I think that's all. No chance, mate. Huh? You've forgotten everyone's favourite feature, Mark's movie impressions. Oh, I hope you've forgotten it, too, to be honest. No chance of that, mate. You think you should do one? I hate you. Come on, mate. Show them what you got. Hey, my boy. Hey, my boy. Yo, Adrian! <laughs> And if that hasn't put you off, give us a try. There's a small chance you won't regret it. Hello, I'm Jason Soto. 
And I'm Lisa Leahy. And we're the hosts of the mini-cast Between the Scares, a podcast that takes a look at all the films Bloomhouse Productions have produced. You may not recognize the name, but Bloomhouse has produced a lot of your favorite horror films, including Paranormal Activity, Insidious, The Purge, and non-horror films like Griffin and Phoenix and The Fever. Yes, those two, but the horror ones also include Lords of Salem, Oculus, Ouija. Yeah, but there are also stupid ones like the Tooth Fairy and the Darwin Awards. <laughs> alright, alright, so Jason Bloom did some non-horror films, and we'll be covering those too, for better or for worse. Ooh. Oh, like the Gem and the Holograms live-action movie from a few years ago? He did that? Uh-huh. Uh, yeah, I guess. Anyway, you can find episodes of Between the Scares at rabbitholepodcasts.com or anywhere else you find your podcasts. So come follow us, and we'll see you Between the Scares. This podcast is a proud member of the Lamb Podcasting Network. Find the network at largeassmovieblogs.com. We are back. Welcome, everyone, to the Cinema Recall Players Presents Clueless. From the script by Amy Heckerlin, our guest, Kiati, will be taking the role of Cher, played by Alicia Silverstone in the movie. And I, the Vern, will be taking the role of Ty, played by the late, great Brittany Murphy in the movie. I, I gotta tell you something. I am so sorry about your test and all, and I'm glad you're here. There's something I gotta do, and I need someone here when I do it. Uh, does this thing work? Uh, yeah, sure. What is this stuff? This is a bunch of stuff that reminded me of Elden, but I want to burn it because I'm so over him. What stuff? Okay. Do you remember when we were at the fawn party and the clock knocked me out and Ellen got me a towel and I used to cure me? Yeah? Well, I didn't tell you at the time, but I took the towel home as a souvenir. <laughs> <laughs> You're kidding! No! And do you remember that song that was playing when we danced? Uh, no? You know, rolling with the homies. Oh. Anyway, I did the tape and listened to it every single night. Don't burn that. Um, Ty, I'm really happy for you, but what brought on the surge of empowerment? It's like I met this guy who is like totally amazing. He makes Elden look like a loser. That is so great. Yeah. <laughs> look, you have to help me to Josh. Get Josh what? You know what I mean. I like him. Do you think he likes you? Yeah. How do you know? Like, little things, you know? You 
find some way to touch me or tickle me. Oh, do you remember that time at the frat when I was like totally depressed and he asked me to dance with him? He was really flirty. Uh, are, are you okay? Yeah, um, no, no, um, I had two mocha cappuccinos, I feel like Ralphing. I know exactly how that feels. Like, the other day, I was talking to Josh, and we were talking the differences between high school girls and college girls. You see, college girls were less makeup on their face, and that's why guys like them more. But Ty, do you really think you'd be good with Josh? I mean... <laughs> He's like a school nerd. What? A am I some mentally challenged airhead? No, not even. I didn't say that. What? I'm not good enough for Josh or something? I... I... I just don't think you mesh well together. Y you don't think that we mesh well? Why am I even listening to you anyways? You're a virgin... Who can't drive. That was way harsh, Ty. Look, I I'm sorry. Uh, let's talk when we meld, alright? I'm outie. Alright, scene. <laughs> oh my god, my that, terrible American. That was amazing. <laughs> oh. That was good. I love doing that though. I haven't done something like that in a while because I love acting. And I haven't done acting in a long time, so that was fun. That was a lot of fun. Oh, wait, I, you know, I will definitely keep you in mind when we when we actually do uh, a very long audio thing. I'm, I'm oh, please! I'm I'm thinking about like uh, doing a Clue. Oh, I would love that. Because there's a lot of roles in Clue that people can do, so I'm thinking about maybe doing an audio drama of Clue, like a special live script to read oh i would absolutely love that okay. you can hear my terrible american accent again well all right you didn't do any ads you went there i like what you did with share there that was really good I was... <laughs> thank you that was no, way way so way much. way better than my tie trying to do like <laughs> valley girl it's not even your fault though oh i could go full valley girl but that would be like Oh my gosh, like, did you see what she was wearing? Fuck, <laughs> that was fun. Uh, that, was, oh, that was a lot of fun. I really did enjoy that. That was cool. So yeah, um, any other kind of like thoughts about Clueless before we kind of wrap up this episode? Uh, closing thoughts about it? Um, if you haven't watched it, you should definitely watch it. <laughs> yeah, that's... <laughs> first that, things first. That is fair. Uh, yeah. It's a very funny movie. It uh, is. There's it a lot is. of... There's a, it's not raunchy, so that's the best part about this, I think. Like, it's not a raunchy comedy, and I'm not a big fan of raunchy comedies. I love comedies, just not raunchy. It's a smart. Um, it's kind of a smart comedy, even yes, though it features exactly. a character. You that, just put words to what I was thinking. It's a smart comedy, but it, it features a character that's not so bright at the start. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then she starts to, you know, realize that hey, hey, I don't know exactly what I'm doing. I yeah, <laughs> and it's nice revelation especially for kids because as mentioned before you know p kids around that age they're not like child anymore mm -hmm. and they're not adults and yeah just things they're in that, that weird time of life there's a thing we're figuring out because i remember you know you know driving around with my friends and going to places and feeling like hey you know i'm like at the top of the world here and i 
have this level of confidence about you. Yes. That's what you do at that age. You develop yes. your confidence about yeah. yourself. And uh, you also think that you know far too much. Yes. <laughs> like, Very much I so. I did not know better than my parents at that age. So I should have probably listened to them about a lot of things, more than one. Uh, um, and I, so, yeah, it's just very kind of nice and like it just makes you feel a bit fuzzy from inside and you feel kind of reminiscent of your time at that age and sometimes you think maybe did I waste my time at that age um just lots of things going on I kind of wish I would have spent more times with friends I mean I had some great memories with friends but Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. also I was working a lot of time too and I think I moved out of my house at a much younger age, uh-huh. too, uh, where I was trying to work into like pay, you know, rent and rent, bills yeah. and everything like that. That I didn't really have time to really enjoy. Be that I feel like if I if I if I went to the past now, I would have stayed living with my parents a mm-hmm. little bit longer mm-hmm. than I did. Cause I think I moved out like right after like I was eighteen. Yeah, I think everyone's in a bit of a rush to grow up, mm-hmm. which isn't the best thing you re- you look back afterwards you're like oh why did i want to grow up so quickly yeah um and so this kind of is in that period where you're savoring your teenagehood but you're still kind of connecting to a character just living life and it's not so much about her being a teenager um i think this is like a lot of films where you're just kind of meant to generally just connect to a character and feel what they're feeling and just kind of feel very empathetic because you went through it once in life or you currently are going through it and looking up to this character if you're beneath that age so i think it's just a very positive film overall and i wouldn't like if you want to like a step out from life then then watch it you know just if you don't want to be in your current kind of gloom this is a really just a very good feel good film and uh, it's funny, too, because I've shown this movie to all types of, like, uh, clicks in, you know, my yeah. social group. And anyone can enjoy this movie. I be yes. doesn't matter if you were the popular kid or the one that got kind of picked on. Because this is a school where everyone seems to be accepted in a way. Yeah. Or yeah. everyone's kind of, like, Some way or another. nice to each other. No one is, like, manipulative or mean uh, yeah, this is not There's good intentions with this film. Yeah, very much so. Even though that shared group are part of like this like popular girls... mean girl type people, mean girls they're not really mean. Exactly. Yeah, they're not really like you know shallow. They're not trying to get after anyone. These are not the Heather's. Um, these no. are not. Yeah, very much so. They're not like trying to be manipulative. Uh, they may like just distance themselves from mm-hmm. other clips, but they don't go out their way to yeah, manipulate it's them. More just, it's more just kind of like rich kids being rich. Yeah. <laughs> putting each other down. Um, I think if you really kind of are into fashion as well, then this is a great movie to look back at. It was one that really set the precedent for the time. President? President? I don't even know how to pronounce the word president. Uh, Something like that. President, yeah. For the time, um, I think it still has such an iconic place in the world. Shares iconic kind of yellow blazer and yellow skirt and Dion's black and red um, skirt and blazer. You know, it's something that I've tried to create, recreate multiple times and people still dress up like Cher for Halloween. So it's an easy costume as well. Just just throwing that out there. (laughs) Um, But no, I think... And even it was the first time... But I think a lot of people saw 
um, the automated um, oh yes, your, com- your computer where she yes, actually puts up yeah, outfits. matching the outfits. Yeah, um, and you know we finally have access to things like that now. But just seeing that all those years ago was really really cool, and I was really really inspired by it. And so Cher and Clueless overall just really did set a lot up for the 90s and going forward even up until now even during the 90s you know they kind of i think clueless was the film that really took off the kind of strong independent girl genre kind of going on sure um so i really appreciate that yes very very much so you said as perfectly as i ever could um (laughs) I, I found it kind of cool, too, that uh, Alicia Silverstone never had to audition for this movie. She just got the role. Yes, yes. Which totally made sense. Uh, if they were to remake this or redo this again, who would you cast as Cher? Any ideas about who you'd want to... You're going to laugh at me. No. I'm going to say myself. Oh, okay. <laughs> Hell yeah. Fresh new blood. Th- I, I'm loving it. I, I you, love it. Anytime I speak to Cody as well, and because Blair Waldorf is my favorite character of all time, and so Cher and Blair are very, very similar. You know, they probably are inspired of one another, like one, like not even one another. Blair is probably inspired from Cher, mm-hmm. um, and so I think if I can relate to Blair so much, then I could do Cher as well. Very cool. I, I, I my remake would just move it to a different city, maybe New York. <laughs> Um, yes, please cast me in the New York accent with a Long Island accent. I, I'm there. I would love that. Yes, but yes, you're definitely now by choice. Uh, my other choice was going to be probably Anya Taylor Joy, but I'm probably going to move her mm-hmm. to be a different role, maybe. Uh, I could see her as Dion or Ty. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, I could definitely the, see that. Fuck yeah. Well, <laughs> all right, we're going to try to make this a thing, but uh, yeah. I'm loving it. I'm not really for remakes and whatnot there, but if you're in this Kiati, I'm totally into it. <laughs> this is going to be amazing. Thank you. Thank but you so much. <laughs> we are getting to the end of the episode here. Kiati, thank you ever, ever so much for being... No, thank you for having me. ...a guest here. This has been, like, a lot of fun. I'm hoping to have Yeah, both... I've really, really had a lot of fun. This is one of the funnest ones I've done in a long time. I'd love to have both you and Cody... Yes, I'll try and sort that out we'll ta- As soon as she's free. We'll have to work something out there, too. Can I have to see you both at? Yes! <laughs> Cody's going to be a bit shy on that one. Oh, fair enough oh. there. I, I'm, I'm very curious to hear to hear her reaction. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll speak to her about it. To your scene of um, this right there. I'm very yeah, curious. And to... then as soon as possible, we will try and get you on ours as well. Really? We'll oh, try hell and set something oh, up soon. I love that. Please. This Come along, you can, you can do your niche on our podcast. We're always looking for new things to do. We've got games on there oh, every single games. episode. Oh, fuck so yeah. yeah, your your kind of reenactment can be one of our games, and then our second game can be something else that's fun and crazy and quirky. Before we go, just tell our listeners once again where we can find you on social media. So we're basically on Instagram, Twitter. We're going to YouTube this Friday. Boom, boom, boom. And we are, we have a Facebook somewhere out there. But everything is in the link tree, basically. Anywhere you want to find us. Very cool. Uh, anything come up new with Film Fluence? Any new episodes you want to plug right now? So Friday this week, we have our first YouTube video. But it's also a podcast episode, so you can listen to it either which ways. It just might be a bit more fun. 
watching us instead. Um, but it's actually about Addison Rae's new film, He's All That. <laughs> I don't want to give too much away. Um, I think you might have already deduced from my kind of reaction. But we have a lot to say on that. Okay. We have a lot to say. Well, um, so go and tune in. I, I'm curious to watch that. You know, I late Rachel Lee Cook from her role in Josie and the Pussycats. So, yeah. yeah. I'm very curious to check out this uh, but pseudo the sequel. remake. Remake, yes. sequel type of thing. Sure. I will definitely... I'll watch your reaction to this movie more than I will watch the movie itself. Oh, so. pl- yeah. You're going to realize that. Okay, all right. <laughs> you don't even need to watch the film. Just watch our video and you'll know everything you need to. And, and you'll do it in a short amount of time more than the movie does. So that's perfect. Yes. No? Yes. Loving it. Uh, oh. Well, uh, coming up for Cinema Recall, I'm not quite sure what's coming up for Nets for Cinema Recall. That's the beauty of the show. You're never quite sure <laughs> what episodes same. are going, what scenes we're going to be discussing, uh, what we're going to be doing. It may just be me reviewing a movie. We may have a guest on. I'm not quite sure, but we'll definitely be back. Uh, don't forget to check out all of our past episodes on our website, cinemarecall.net. We're available on the Twitter at cinema underscore recall. Uh, Facebook and Instagram uh, just type in Cinema Recall Podcast we do have a group on Facebook called Crack Cinema Recalls <laughs> it stands for Cinema Recalls Awesome Cinematic Club with a K so check oh, it out I'm joining that club with a K <laughs> yep uh, I'll try to send links out to everyone out there but yeah uh, we'll send out links to both Film Fluence on our main page don't forget everyone that if you're a Patreon subscriber you will get this episode early before anyone else does. So go to patreon.com slash pod. Right now, I do want to thank our wonderful Patreon subscribers here. Uh, these are just wonderful folks, and I love you all dearly. So no special order. I'm going to thank you right now. So I'm going to give you a special shout thank yous to Jeanette miller Mickham from AKA Jeanette. Uh, please check out her last episode on Literally Blonde. I want to thank Mr. Jason Soto from Rabbit Hole Podcast, as well as his shows, Whatever, with Jason Soto and uh, Between the Stairs. And I also want to thank Matt and Ashley from Mashley at the Movies. Thank you very much. They recently did a review of Candyman. Check that out. I want to thank Donnie Roberts from Videorama Pod. Thank you very much, Donnie. I want to thank his sister, Linda Castro, also Videorama Pod. Thank you very much, Linda. And then lastly, I want to thank Chris Revel of Let's Chat with Chris Revel. Thank you very much, everyone, for being a supporter of us. Uh, but yes, that is all, everyone. And adios, amigos. Bye! Bye. <laughs>